is episode six. Don't sweat the small stuff. Three of the most common showstoppers. Hello, and welcome to the eCourse Domination Podcast, where we deep dive into all aspects of online course creation, from concept to marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Tim Cooper, and it's a pleasure to have you with me today. Hello and welcome. It's Tim Cooper back again with another discussion on how to create online courses. And today on this show, I want to make a special shout out to Quinn, who is one of my students on one of my courses over on Udemy. And if you want to hear about a special offer I have on this course, it's a course called Creating Online Courses That Sell. If you want to get on to a special offer for that course, stick around to the end of the show. One of the best ways to find out what your students or what your audience wants to know about is to ask them. So I put a question out to my students and Quinn got back to me with some feedback. But before we start to address what Quinn said, here's a short product endorsement. Are you looking for top quality graphics and templates for your course presentations? Grabbing any old image off the internet is fraught with danger. Nobody wants to get sued. Ain't nobody got time for that. Plus, there's always that problem of watermarks and trying to get a standard professional look and feel to your design. That's why I use Presenter Media for all my graphic and template needs. The library of Presenter Media is continually growing, and once subscribed, you'll have unlimited access to presentation templates, images, animations, and video backgrounds. Take the headaches out of your course presentation design and check out my affiliate link at ecoursedomination.com slash presentermedia. That is Presenter Media. Presenter Media is not a free service, but I know you will find it well worth the small investment. Okay, and I'd also like to give another shout out. This is to somebody who gave me a five-star review on iTunes. His name's John Colley, and full disclosure, you may remember that John Colley was actually interviewed back at episode four, a fantastic interview when we were talking about marketing and how to drive new students to your courses. If you haven't heard that, if you haven't heard that episode, I highly recommend that you uh, pop back and listen to that one. Anyway, John says this. He's from the UK and he says, looking to dominate with your e-course. Tim's expertise in this area is quite exceptional and I'm so delighted he has launched this podcast. I subscribed immediately and look forward to many more great episodes. John C. Thanks, John. Really, really appreciate the review. So once again, if you could take the time to pop over to iTunes and leave an honest rating and review, that would really help me get my message out, and I would truly appreciate it. And of course, if you leave a five-star review, I'm going to give you a shout-out on the show. Just send me an email at asktim at ecoursedomination, letting me know that you've left me a review and what country you're from. So as I said, one of the best ways to work out what your audience wants, what your students wants, is to ask them. And so I recently sent out a, an announcement to my students on Udemy, and as part of that announcement, I asked them what their biggest struggle was when it came to creating online courses. And Quinn was kind enough to get back to me with some feedback and said, my hesitation, like many I'm sure, is just taking action. Don't worry about the little details of my first course. And this is so true, and we all I've been guilty of this, and I'm sure most instructors have been guilty of this at some stage. And so today, I want to talk about what are probably three of the most common obstacles that hold people back when it comes to creating their online course. Now, this could be whether creating their first online course or their 10th. It really doesn't matter. These 
these obstacles seem to sort of pop up all over the place, whether you're a new or seasoned instructor. And the first one is worrying that you don't know enough about the subject. You hear this all the time. I don't know if I know. I, I really, I'm really passionate about this subject, but I really don't know whether I know enough to teach it. Well, do you know enough to explain it to somebody? So do you often find yourself in a situation where people are coming to you for advice on this particular subject? Are you able to break the subject down and explain it to people so that they can understand it? You see, you don't have to be a guru, you don't have to be an expert on the subject, you've just got to be able to know more than the next person and be able to give them some useful information and give them some way of going forward with their problem in that area. So although this does appear to be a valid concern, it really isn't. As long as you have a knowledge of the subject, and you could even go out there and do some more research, find some more information, and incorporate that. But as long as you can provide people at whatever level, so if you're working with beginners, obviously then the information that you're going to be sharing doesn't have to be that technical or advanced. But obviously the different audiences that you work with where you're working with intermediate or advanced people, then obviously your area of expertise has to sort of rise to those occasions. But when it comes to creating beginners courses or just getting some general information out there, don't be worried about not being an expert. Experts are, are overrated and, and often can't relate information that well anyway. They're often too academic. So the point is, if you've got some real-life experience, some expertise in an area, don't be afraid to share it and don't hold back because you don't think you know enough because I can guarantee you, you know more than somebody out there and that person will be willing to pay to learn what you know. Two. Another thing that stops people in their tracks is they're not sure of the best way to present the information. Should they do it by video, audio, a mixture of both? Should I put it into an ebook? Now, this is a this is a big topic and an important topic. And I've already been in contact, regular contact, with another listener who who reached out to me at asktim at ecoursedomination.com. His name's Ben, and we've been putting some and we've been sharing some emails back and forth. And he will be actually be joining me on a future podcast once he's further down the track with his course development. So I will be putting a podcast together just on this subject. But just to touch on it briefly, when you're looking at how you're going to present your information, you've got to take a couple of things into consideration. Probably the first thing you've got to take into consideration is where is your audience? Uh, uh, where do they spend most of the time? Are they going to be able to sit down in front of a computer? and watch videos. Now, now, how much free time do they have? Are they busy executives? Are they um, you know, housewives? Who are you trying to, to reach? So you've got to look at your demographic. Based on your demographic, you may find that audio might be a good delivery mechanism because they can go about their other things. They can be commuting. They can be out for a walk. They can be going for a jog. They can be in the gym. They can be doing other things while listening to your content says he while he's doing a podcast episode, if you get my point. Yes! So audio is a, is a marvellous medium for education because you can reach people anywhere and you don't need their undivided attention. They are capable of going about and doing other functions while they're listening to your information. If you need somebody's full focus, if you need to demonstrate something and they need to be looking at a screen, then obviously... No video presentations like over the shoulder type 
screencasts are ideal for that, especially if part of your course content is to be demonstrating a particular software package or how to do something on the computer, then you want to be screencasting. On top of all that, though, it's really good to provide people with some information in, in text form as well, uh, whether that be a transcript of your course that they can read through at their leisure and highlight and, and take notes, cheat sheets, uh, summaries, you know, resource guides. Short bits of text along the way can really be beneficial to people as well. So to answer that question, on the other thing too is, you know, should I appear on camera or should I just do screencasting? So should I do talking head presentations? or just straight out screencasting? And the answer is there is there that that's totally up to you. There are some studies that show that it's good for people to see your face because then they can make a connection to you. They actually know who's sharing information uh, and they're more likely to listen to you. But there are many, many successful instructors out there who just do straight screencast and never appear on camera. So don't get yourself hung up over appearing on camera. If that's something that really, really puts you off, then don't let that put you off doing a course. Just don't appear in front of camera. You don't have to. There's no rule that says that you must. So in its simplest form, you can present your information in a number of ways. You can put it into an ebook form that people can download and read. You can create audios that people can just stick the buds in their ears and listen to you as they drive to and from work or go for their run. And you can create you know, in instructional screencasts and you can also appear doing talking head. And then you can mix and match all those together. Like I think it's, and I, I think it's really good for a bit of variety just to throw in a few different types of presentation style just to keep it interesting for your student. As I said, I'm going to go into... The, the pros and cons of everything and, and look at some of the best ways to present in certain situations in a podcast all of its own in a future date. Three. Now, one of the biggest, biggest, biggest barriers that I come across when I'm talking to people and I'm researching the forums and the discussions on online course creation, the one thing that people get really, really hung up about is equipment. Now, do they have the right microphone? Should they be using PowerPoint or should they be using Keynote or should they be using you know, Camtasia or Cam Studio and all sort of stuff? And they get really, really, uh, it, it comes overwhelming for them. And the point is, it doesn't have to be that way. When I first started doing my courses, I used my smartphone to record video and I didn't even have a, a separate microphone. I actually just used the smartphone's microphone for the audio. And those, that was when I was creating my videos for YouTube. I then progressed on and I got myself a lavalier microphone for my on-screen stuff that I was doing. And I got myself, now I'm talking Australian dollars here, I got myself a, a, a Logitech headset microphone uh, that cost $40 Australian. I think in the, in the States they come in around about $20 or something or other. Quality wasn't great, probably about a 7 out of 10, but it was definitely better than just using the built-in microphone on the computer or on the smartphone. So we're not looking at, at huge investments here and we're not talking, and we're not looking at huge you know, technical barriers. When it comes to the software, I use PowerPoint 
And that's not a, a major financial issue because I just pay a monthly subscription for Microsoft Office. So I, I get about five Microsoft products for about $12 Australian a month. So that wasn't a huge financial outlay. And for my screen recording, I use Camtasia because at this point in time, I'm PC-based. I am looking at getting a Mac because I find, to be totally honest with you, I find that creating videos on a PC is an arduous, time-consuming task, and the rendering takes all of my computer's resources. So not only is it slow to render the video, it takes it sucks all the computer's resources, and I really can't use my computer for anything for the time that my video is being rendered, and it is so frustrating because... I know that if I had better equipment, I could get a lot more done, I could a lot more published. But that hasn't stopped me. I'm still producing courses. So you see what I'm saying? Like I've got a, a crappy laptop computer that runs so slow, but it is not getting in the way of me producing quality content. I am looking at a Mac. I think, you know, seriously, if, you, if you're looking at going out there and buying equipment to get started... And you and and you've got a budget, then I would highly recommend going to a Mac. They they just create video in a in a snap in the blink of an eye. It's it's sickening. It's sickening for a PC person to be recommending Mac. I know it's driving me crazy, but it's something that I'm definitely looking at, and that's in my budget uh, for the future is to actually upgrade myself to a Mac. The only other thing that I did was just very very recently, in fact, in the last couple of months, is I went out and I bought myself. A, a really good quality desktop microphone for doing this sort of work, for doing the podcasting, but also for doing the audio for the screencasting. And I bought myself a Rode NT-USB microphone. But once again, this is, no, I didn't make that investment until I've, I've been doing, you know, producing stuff online for you know, two or three years now. And I've only just made that investment in the, in the, quality microphone in the last couple of months so you can see that there's nothing stopping you can you can start doing stuff with what you've got and then see whether you get some traction and start getting some sales and then use the money that you're making from your courses to buy your equipment okay so just reinvest back in so as you make no a couple hundred dollars buy a microphone no make a make a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars buy a mac whatever and just reinvest your income from your courses back in, but don't let the um, the fact that you don't think you've got the right equipment stop you from creating a course. I just want to talk about the course I have on Udemy called Creating Online Courses That Sell Expert Interview Series. And one of the experts that I interviewed was an instructor called Phil Ebner. And Phil's got 34 courses and makes about 10,000 US a month. And when I asked him the question about equipment, he said that you've just always got to remember that they're just tools, that at the end of the day, it's your knowledge that you're sharing and it's your knowledge that is forming the basis of your course and the tools help you get there. And if you know how to use a tool, then you can use any tool. You can use a $40 microphone or you can use a $140 microphone. You can use a PC or you can use a Mac. Okay, the point is that they are just tools and they should be treated as such. They are not the be-all and end-all of whether your course is going to be successful or not. What's going to make your course successful is the information that you share and whether you're actually 
addressing a problem that's out there in the market. So I really hope that that helps you overcome some of these barriers that may be holding you back from creating an online course. Okay, so I hope you found that information useful and that you are now confident to go out there and start producing your course. I know in my case, I've gained confidence once I've researched my topic so that I that I know that, that there is an interest there and I get the market intel and I said, we will be talking about market intel in a, in a further podcast. And once I have that, I don't really care you know, what I'm talking into. I'll talk into a tin can to get my message out. So just at the end of the day, just do it. Just get out there, make a start. Start doing something. Start outlining. Make a start. And then once you make a start, things will follow. Now, as promised at the top of the show, I am offering a special deal to my podcast listeners for my course called Creating Online Courses That Sell, Expert Interview Series over on Udemy. So if you head over to my website and check out the show notes for this episode, they can be found at ecoursedomination.com forward slash zero six. You will find a link to my Udemy course and you can pick that up for nine dollars forever. Cool. Okay, there's there's no there's no time limit on this, there's no purchase limit on this, it's going to be there. So if you're listening to this podcast in 2018, you can still pick up that course for $9. The course is currently listed at $19 because it's a brand new course, but at the end of this month, it's going up to $47. And as more interviews are added, it is going to go up into the higher ranges of $97 or $197. So $9 is definitely going to be a great saving. It's a saving now. It's, it's, it's better than 50% now. But as the price of the course rises, it is definitely going to be a huge saving in the future. Once again, I would really, really like to thank you for taking your time and listening to me. I do appreciate your time. I know time is precious these days. So taking time out to, to listen to me is highly appreciated. And if you've got any questions at all, as I said, I'd like to keep the content of this show relevant. So if you've got any questions at all, please contact me at asktim at ecoursedomination.com. And please drop by the website. There's new material going up quite regularly. And I would love to hear from you uh, either by email or comment or somehow. And please, if you've got the time, drop by iTunes and leave that rating and review. And until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>